where does Cincinnati fit in the Big 12 right now and the Big 12 success so far in the NCAA tournament? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. bonus content for you thanks so much for making lockdown bearcats your first listen every day free and available everywhere you get your podcast including right here on youtube don't forget to subscribe to our lockdown bearcats youtube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode my name is alex frank your host each and every day right here on lockdown bearcats we're part of the lockdown podcast network your team every single day and today finally um i've been teasing it all week but he's been kind enough to give us some time for a bonus episode and that would be the host of Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors. Josh, it's great to have you on. I like the flag there in the backdrop, the Big 12. Just first off, because Cincinnati at this time next year will be a member of the Big 12. They'll be a member of the Big 12 for next basketball season. Um, from what you saw, was this a successful season for Cincinnati? Uh, I'm not sure, you know, compared to fan expectations where they are, but I'll tell you this, you know, it's difficult to be in a league like the American Um you know, I mean, they've got some really strong teams, obviously, Memphis and Houston. But outside of that, you know, the, the respect level is not there. I mean, I, I think you think about leagues that are outside of the kind of power conferences. The Mountain West and the A-10 are the two non-power leagues, in my opinion, that kind of get a lot of love. And I think, you know, depending on the year, uh, this year if the A-10 was kind of a down year. They were, they were one bit league. They had years to get three and Mountain West is placing multiple now every single year. So the Americans just a little bit different. It's just, it's a little difficult. I think the respect is not, not quite there. So they had a nice season. Cause we think about a lot of their losses. Like they don't really have a whole lot of bad losses per se, in terms of who they lost to, right? They lost to Memphis. They lost to Houston. Tulane was very, you know, a uh, really good year by their standards. Uh, you know, and, and then Temple was up and down, but like, still it's not like a horrible loss. And then in non-conference, Northern Kentucky was a tournament team. Uh, Arizona, Ohio State had that great run there towards the end. Um, and, you know, Xavier, once again, another that's another tournament team. So, you know, their losses, like, they're losing to big, good teams. But I think the, the thing is for them, like, they clearly needed – they need to punch up, right? They need to start doing better in bigger games against the better teams they're facing. They're not quite there yet. And I think the one nice thing about the Big 12 is that um, as – I mean, I think – and this is kind of a weird spot because, like, I know Wes Miller, you know, just recently got there. But, like, it might take you getting punched in the mouth a little bit just to learn how to play in this league, night night in, night out, day in, day out, right? Um, because, you know, they're going to be teams that crash the glass as hard as Houston does and teams that, you know, have guard play and have guys like Marquise Noel and uh, teams that, like Kansas that have, as you know, as much talent as, as KU does. And there will be teams like Baylor that can play the pace they do. And – that's not every two weeks like it is in the AAC. That's every night that there is some kind of challenge like that. That's the adjustment they're, that they're going to face. Where would they – and you kind of mentioned that they might have to get punched in the mouth, and I, I believe that too, Josh, but where do they fit right now in the Big 12? Uh, you mean like where would they finish? Yeah, like it, it, in a 14-team league next year, which is going to be really interesting, um, where would they finish – where would this team have finished in the Big 12? I think towards – like, I think Texas Tech was pretty good. I mean, I know things fell apart for them at the end, but they had a 40-hour span where they beat K-State and Texas. Uh, a team was trending. They almost saved their season and went to the NCAA tournament. And 
Oklahoma could have beaten anybody on any day. They did. They thumped Alabama by 30 points at one point this year. You know, they, they, they were, they just had a really weird up and down year. Um, I mean, towards the back, I, I don't know if it would have been as low as like a UCF or as low as a, um, a BYU. Uh, BYU had some, doing some decent times this year. It, you know, I think it's the hard thing to figure out. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how low it would have been, but um, yeah, it would have been towards the. I mean, I can tell you, Houston would have finished towards the top, I, I, but like nobody else joining the league, I could I could say something like that. Maybe middle of the pack, maybe good enough to make a tournament, but their record against good tournament teams says otherwise. So I would say right. back of the pack. Interesting. How is the Saturday Monday turnaround as real as? Some I think it is. is. Is that Saturday? How hard is that Saturday Monday turnaround? So it's 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 a it's a double edged sword. Well, not double sword. Like there is a cost, but there's also a benefit to it. Because, so I was kind of tracking this throughout the year. And if you had a team that played on Big Monday and then played a game on Saturday, especially if they played a game at home, they usually performed very very well. I think I tracked the first eight times we had somebody play Big Monday, then then play uh, a Saturday game. And like the big Monday teams were seven and one, and the only loss was another team that also played on Big Monday. So like it kind of just basically was a loss. So at one point during the year, uh, for teams that played Monday and then played Saturday the following Saturday, you know, if you take them playing non-Big Monday teams from that week, they were six and zero. So there is the positive part, but that turnaround is a killer. That's why like I thought one of Texas's best you know uh, little stretches this year was when they went and beat K State at K State. And actually lost to KU, but it was competitive. So I was like, oh, you're riding high. You got a big win. But then you showed up on Monday night, and you, you didn't let down, and you pushed them all the way in a really difficult environment to win in. And so like, I was like, this this shows me that you know, that's not an up-and-down team. They are going to be you – know, they might lose a game, but still they're, they're a bit more consistent in terms of quality of performance. So that, that – I mean, look, you will have a Saturday, Monday where you get your ass kicked for lack of – I mean, it's just – it's going to happen, Right. But the good news is you get those four days off, any nicks, any injuries, whatever it is, you can you can usually have some time off. And usually if it's a, you know, Monday, uh, Saturday, or excuse me, a Saturday, Monday, you, you usually get to play it at the home game if you're on the road that, that you know, uh, that coming time. And also if you're at home on a big Monday, that's the advantage, right? Short rest, if you're at home, that's the big advantage. If you're on the road, you might take it in the teeth, but you get the full week off and usually a home game coming up. Could be worse. You could be UCLA or USC in the Big Ten and could play a road be. game at Rutgers or Maryland on Thursday and have to travel back home to play a game on Saturday. So it could be a lot worse, as you're saying, Josh. All right, so we're going to talk about the Big 12 success in the NCAA tournament. Only two teams at the time of this recording remain. One of them plays tonight against Texas. And I got a question for you about Kansas because they are a really interesting case when you think about their NCAA tournament record of late. We'll get into all that after I explain to our listeners, Josh, how this episode, excuse me, of Lockdown Bearcast is brought to you by, excuse me, FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's one of the best back. Your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes, drain plus FanDuel even lets you combine your best for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Back here on Lockdown Bearcats bonus episode for you on this Friday. Josh Neighbors, Lockdown Big 12, joining me today. Josh, the Big 12, seven teams get in the tournament, but only two remain. What do you make of their success in this year's tournament? Yeah, they've, they've had a fair amount of struggles. But if you look across the board, you know, you and I are talking on Friday here. You know, the most any tournament, uh, any any team, uh, you know, any conference uh, uh, conference had in the Sweet 16 was three. Big East had three, and then the SEC had three. Well, you know, 24 hours that later after the Sweet 16 started, uh, there was one SEC team left, right? That is uh, that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They have not even played their game yet. The Big Ten's gone. You know, we, we know the, the Pac-12 is gone. So while this might be a down year and some teams – you know, like Kansas and TCU took some tough losses and West Virginia, the first round of the tough loss, Iowa state really, you know, they were competitive at one point, but got themselves in a massive hole against Pitt. Baylor got run out of the gym and the score was closer, but had run out of the gym by Creighton. Uh, but I think you, what you're seeing is, you know, the teams that rise, that kind of rise and have their, have their moments like Texas and like K state have had to rally at points have done so, and their responses have been that of teams that have clearly been through the ringer several times, right? These teams that are old and come out of the Big 12, they've got two things going for them. Number one, they're old, got a lot of experience. And number two, they've, they're old and they've played a lot of tough games. Like, what's tougher than going and playing a lot of the Big 12 teams? There's not a whole lot out there that's a whole lot more difficult. So I think that is where I'm at right now is, is that – uh, you know, not a, not an excellent performance by any stretch of the imagination. But look what look what we're sitting right now, Alex. What has Kansas State accomplished? They've KO'd Kentucky, and they KO'd Michigan State. They KO'd Izzo and Calipari. And I know Calipari's tournament record's not great, but still, that's Jerome Tang in year one taking out Izzo and Calipari, two national championship winning coaches. Took them both out in one tournament run in his first tournament as a head coach, and. We're seeing now Roddy Terry. Now we know have his medal be tested, and they're two and zero, and they look great. He's the interim coach. He's the interim coach. So um, the the top level of the Big Twelve when they rise, not saying they're going to win at all, but I mean they can play with everybody. It's it's pretty clear at this point. They've won the last two national championships. Texas Tech was a three point shot away from Virginia by Virginia from winning potentially the Big 12's third straight. That's a great point too, Josh, about uh, Jerome Tang. The fact that. Kansas State beat Kentucky, a game that I th- I think going in could have gone either way. Kansas State with a great performance down the stretch in that game. And then last night against Michigan State, uh, Marquise Noel. How do I pronounce his name? Marquise, Marquise, Marquise Noel. Noel, yeah. Marquise Noel. I mean, on a bad ankle, 19 assists, an NCAA tournament record, uh, willing the Wildcats to a victory in a heavyweight fight against Michigan State in Madison Square Garden, Josh. Forget about where the game is. Forget about that they beat Tom Izzo at Michigan State. They did it in Madison Square Garden and the Mecca of basketball. And now they got Florida Atlantic tomorrow in the Elite Eight. Chance for Kansas State to go to the Final Four. Uh, they've been in the Elite Eight several times, or I think twice, since uh, in 2010 and in 2018. Could this be the time they break through against a good FAU team that's had a really nice Cinderella run? Now, you talk about, about, um, you, you, you talk about Kansas State, but then let's go to Kansas. Because I look, I I think about it this way. They have lost in the second round six times in the last 13 years. Like, does that put any like how, what what do you make of that? Like, 
when when you say that, and we know Kansas is a blue blood, they're the all-time winningest program in college basketball history, but like, is there something to their lack of success in March recently, Josh? I mean, they've only been to the Final Four, what, three times since they won the national title in 2008? Yeah, so I would exclude what happened this year because in the end of that game, and look, they got beat by and Arkansas played a tremendous game. Tremendous game from Arkansas. They did. What a rally from the Hogs. Um, in the end of that game, like it, it would have behooved Kansas to have Bill Self on the bench. It's a really difficult spot to have Norm Robertson going up against Eric Muscle. And it just felt like they need, they had a huge, I think that game was very specific that Jared Walsh or Jordan Walsh rather did a great job on Jalen Wilson. And they just needed to draw something up to get Jalen Wilson a good look or, or just opportunities besides foul shots. Really? Cause that's, that's what it felt like they were getting a lot of late in that game. So no Bill Self. I mean, Self has gotten crushed for it. He's definitely taken it on the chin for some of his tournament record, but think about it like this too. Like think about the number of great coaches that we have. And like a lot of them, don't, you don't, you don't win a ton. I mean, it's winning is extremely hard. You know, remember Alex, there was a time where Jay Wright got crushed for his NCAA tournament record. Rick Barnes is an excellent coach, but has not had a ton of tournament success. Uh, John Calipari is a, is a great coach. And as of late, it's been difficult. So, I think that's a big part of this too, is that really you have to think about when this stuff is happening. Um, you know, what happens and look, once against college kids, there's a lot of high variance and you know, we don't see repeat champions. You know, we really don't see a whole lot of repeat champions. I think this Kansas team had a good shot. I, I once again, I think Bill Self not being there was a huge difference, but that shouldn't take away anything. Arkansas's metal, what they showed in that game. And I'm not even sure. Kansas has a good shot to beat UConn. That's a awesome. I mean, that team is clicking right now. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's they just won a championship last year. So I'm willing to kind of put aside whatever happened this year with all the circumstances around it, just because they lost Oshai Abaji and you know uh, Dave McCormick, who were two obviously massive players, and Christian Brown too. And and they were one seed again this year. It's kind of just what they do. So yeah, tournament success score. They haven't yeah. had you know a high, super high level, but Bill Self has won two national championships, and they were over a decade apart. That just shows you he's still a great coach. Yeah, how much like and I was thinking about this earlier this week with all these upsets that happen in every single tournament. Do you think the the advent of social media kind of plays a role? Because I mean, one thing Luke Fickle used to always say when he was the head coach of the Bearcats was how hard it was to keep eighteen and twenty two year olds focused. But when you have so much chaos happening around you in the month of March and you have Twitter and March Madness trending on that for three weeks, it can be difficult, Josh for players to keep that focus. And if you lose focus for one game, you go from having national championship aspirations to watching the rest of the tournament from home. Do you think the advent of social media plays a role in all these upsets? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, there's more attention on it and okay. stuff. And I know the kids are now more under a microscope. I think three-point shooting is really what that comes down to. I mean, mm. three, excuse me, the three-point shot um, is, is an equalizer because if you shoot it well and you shoot a lot of them, and you know how to get open looks like it is it is a huge difference bigger. I mean, we just saw it, you know, with FDU and Purdue. Like I know Purdue is some giant FDU is unexpected, but we've all watched modern basketball. Like the big difference is if you take and make a ton of three points or not even make a ton. If you take a ton of three point shots and you're getting good looks and you hit a couple critical shots, like why can't you beat a team like a Purdue that's going to pound the ball inside and it's got freshman guards? I know they had a great. Their run during the Big Ten this year was incredible, but I think the three-point shot is what's causing uh, more upsets because kids can shoot the three now better than they ever could before. Even high school, like you got a bunch of kids in, in high school. Now, the, the big thing is you still need guys who can create open looks and draw attention from the defense, right? Whether it be for themselves or for others, and I think normally it's for others, but you still need guys who can create open looks. Marquise Noel obviously is a great example of this. Um, 
that's the big thing. But yeah, the three point shot, I think, is the big difference to me in terms of how upsets are happening. Interesting. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, last question: Xavier, Texas tonight. What do you like in that game? Uh, Xavier's looked really good. I like Texas though. I, I think the Longhorns got it done. Okay. They've been tested. I think that they'll stand up. They got to handle stuff inside though. Nunji and Fremantle are a load down there. That's where Texas has yep. kind of lost some, uh, you know, lost a couple games this year. But I think on, on in the guard position that they've been they've been great. So uh, I'm expecting Carr yep. and, and company to have a good night for them. Keep in mind, Zach Fremantle will be out. He hasn't oh, played right. since uh, right. late That's January, right. late January, early February. So that is. That does help Texas a little bit, but Xavier, you're right, has looked really good through their first two games. Kansas State tomorrow against FAU. Do they go to the Final Four tomorrow, Josh? Do they go to the Final Four? Uh, does K-State? Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. With the way they've played, yeah. I think they go to the Final Four. Okay. All right, and that, of course, will be in Houston. Xavier, Texas tonight in one of the Big 12 capitals, Kansas City. Josh, I'm looking forward to um, – interacting with you more coming up because the Bearcats are joining the big 12. I'm going to try and make it to big 12 media days for football. Where's that? Is that usually uh, in Dallas? Uh, is normally where they do it. In Arlington? Yeah, Arlington. In Dallas. Okay. All right. Josh neighbors locked on big 12. Kind enough to join us today. I know you, you got a lot going on. You just moved to, well, you just moved to Arkansas, Rock, Arkansas right? Arkansas, you're, uh, working with, you're working with uh, one of our other uh, hosts, John neighbors of locked on no uh, Razorback. So, uh, <laughs> It, 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 the names are spelled differently too, but uh, tell John that uh, we say hello here, Locked On Bearcats, and uh, best wishes to you. Will all do. Right? Thank you, Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big Twelve. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Enough to join me today here on Locked On Bearcats. As for me, I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore ninety with two N's and an ATI. Instagram Alex Frank underscore and email Alex three Frank and Gmail Once again, I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the tournament. Elite 8 and Sweet 16 tonight. I'll be back on Monday right here on Lockdown America.